0: This is Tony, Dungeon Master of DD Raw. And before we begin, I just want to say, if you enjoy DD RAW, we would love it if you would support us on Patreon to hear new exclusive content and updates before anyone else. By contributing as little as $1 per month, patrons enable us to dedicate more time to creating episodes. Our higher-level patrons get access to DMs notes, outtakes from our episodes, the chance to add an item or NPC to a DD RAW episode, and even to join our monthly patron game. We wanted to thank all of our Adventure Tier and Above patrons for their support this month. So, thank you, Jeremy Kleinhans, a Linux fan, and Dark Queasy, and a very special thanks to our Producer Tier patron, Roy, for serving as a producer on this episode. To find out more about how you can join this list of outstanding people, Go to patreon.com slash If you're not able to support DND Raw on Patreon, we would love it if you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please stay tuned to the end of our episode, where we'll be showing a promo for a group of New Zealand gamers who run a show called The Fate of Ison. Also, don't forget to check back with us next week for Rumble Squad Episode 11. But in the meantime, here is Serviceable Plots Episode 11. We'll workshop Analogy in the morning. With me today are the following players.
1: Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic.
2: Hi, I'm Adam, and I will be playing Akiba Konshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock.
3: Hi, I'm Mike, and
4: I'll be playing Scrib Whitecliffe, the human mastermind rogue. Hi, I'm Giuseppe, and I'll be playing Valen Blackwater, an Azamar monk paladin. <laughs>
0: Last time, the party was attacked by dozens of zombies and skeletons that were being controlled by deathlocks. During the attack, Zolas was stabbed and nearly killed by Doc, who turned out to be an incubus assassin. The party repelled the undead attackers, saved Zolas, and though Doc nearly escaped, he was successfully eliminated. After the attack, the party gathered together and discussed the items that Zolas had given Belinda to hold. One, Was a pure white dagger that looked to be part of something larger. The other was an amulet that held the essence of Tenebris. The amulet they discovered was similar in design to the ancient one that Scriv carried, and the dagger seemed to reject certain people from attuning to it. As the party went to retire for the evening, Scriv went to have tea with Bai, a mysterious old blind woman, who mentioned that it was strange that the demon's body did not turn to Iker and return to his home plane as was common of fiends to do upon their death. Unable to learn anything more of this, Scriv and Bai different places around the world, as well as Verapol, Scriv's hometown, before going to sleep for the evening. We pick up with the party the next morning. So, first thing, to jump back a little bit, Zolus had given over this white dagger that had writing on it that was in Celestial, which you translated to Life's Blade, and he was unable to attune to it i know valen tried and for the sake of expediency i'm assuming all of you would have tried throughout the night yeah
1: and i would have tried last
0: and belinda would have been able to attune to it
1: (gasps) i knew it lawful
0: (laughs) and after attuning to it she would have learned that a lawful creature must attune to this dagger
1: I know we brought up we forgot to burn the body. That would have been a major priority so. for our characters. Would we Could we say we did this before we sat down and had our heart to heart? Because this would seem like a priority.
0: For the sake of expediency, we're, we can jump back a little bit. And Valen and Belinda, I'm assuming specifically, would have made sure after taking the stuff from the body.
1: Yeah, Tony said, so who would have burned a body before? I'm like, oh, Valen, I assume. And Belinda Especially definitely. Especially
4: a fiend. Like, if there's anything left, which normally there isn't. <laughs> Right. That's weird. I'm just assuming I would know that.
0: Based off of Valen being a paladin specifically, and a paladin for Eshinai.
4: (laughs) This is so in my wheelhouse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You would have dealt with, like, minor fiends before. And, you know, fiends deteriorate after they die.
4: Yeah, so I'm concerned, but I've also definitely burned whatever's left before. Oh, yeah. So...
1: But as a precaution, I see it seems like that'd be a standard operating procedure when in doubt.
4: There's just some black grease left. He's gone. Oh, no, not until we've dug a pit, put the black grease in it, taken some ash, some in, a bunch of salt, burned it all, yeah. buried it, put some rocks on top of it, sanctified the place. Now we're good.
1: Tony, we're just going to do it. They do it like the first season of Supernatural as like the standard thing you do when something's wrong.
0: Salt the body, put some holy water, burn it all.
1: So we do that, Tony.
0: <laughs> so while you're doing that, you do notice the red men were gathering the undead bodies that were left behind and seem to be piling them together to burn as well.
2: I would also be assisting the soldiers with gathering the bodies and burning them. Okay. Because I hate undead.
0: And Scriv at this time was making a point of making sure everyone in the house was okay.
3: All the non-combatants.
0: Yep.
1: The regular folks.
0: And Zolus was recovering. And
3: by
1: And, and by, We'll say we did that before we sat down and had our heart-to-heart part one and then i think we realized we needed to sleep well
0: you were taking some time to try to attune to the dagger
1: out of character clarification on one of my abilities i can hide the amulet by disguising its aura i know we left it with valen i believe
0: valen was the last to have it during the night specifically
1: so clarifying that is it okay then what if belinda holds on to it because i can basically hide it i don't think anyone else can if you tell me that heck yes. Yes. Just like, hey, I've got a thing I could do that can hide it. We'll talk in the morning and I'll explain more because I am tired. <laughs> That's fine. Okay.
0: So it rains more and more heavily throughout the night, but the night passes a little loud because of the rain, but otherwise uneventfully. The next morning, as you are all getting up, Scriv, your side feels a little better. You usually wake up, it's a little sore. It's definitely recovering.
3: Good. I guess I just kind of check it, make sure it's not infected and... And start my stretches. It definitely feels a lot better than it has been the past few days. <sighs> That's good. I was kind of worried that it hurt a lot more given the fight from yesterday.
0: Yeah, which would be odd, but no, it definitely is recovering. So your side is getting better. Cool. Also with all of your focus and all of your attention, you Feel more alert today. You definitely feel much more just aware of your surroundings overall. Feel like all of your practices on counting weapons in a room, studying people, it's all paying
3: off. I close my eyes and then see if I can remember the placement of every object in the room.
0: Okay. You close your eyes for a brief moment. When you open them, it's a picture image.
3: All right. Cool. Today's going to be a good day.
0: Scriv has the observant feet. Valen, after you did get some rest the night before and begin your normal meditations in the morning, you feel like you finally have tapped into that inner energy that the monks at the monastery have always talked about. And you feel you can push yourself farther than you normally have, moving faster for brief bits of time and actually access that key inside you. And over the course of the morning, you do, I would assume, practice this as you practice your katas and realize you are quicker at points when you push and use the key that is within you. Belinda, the night before, you had mind melded with Zolas. During the night and in the next morning, this vision kind of continues to repeat itself in your mind, but you are able to push through it and keep focus and are able to get a long rest. And in the morning, as you sit in contemplation, you definitely feel like you have a lot more focus on your abilities, having used them and practiced them, and you definitely feel like they are much stronger.
1: I'm pretty sure this is direct communication from my deity, so I will pray on this.
0: Akiva. Yes? As you trance, you feel a presence behind you. Oh, no. You find yourself unable to break from your trance, and you just hear, yes, push your powers, get stronger. Slay them all, the undead. Destroy them. Once we have together grown in strength, then I will ask of you. Continue growing strong and be ready, Akiva.
2: Okay. Can I make you like a cupcake or something? Can that be it? That'd be nice. Can that be the thing?
0: You once served a god of death.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I still do.
0: So you say.
2: Oh, I don't like that. That's not nice.
0: For now, we work together. (sighs) Don't cross me.
2: I mean, I wasn't planning on it, but I mean, why can't we keep this all copacetic and friendly? I mean, I help you, you help me, but I mean, I help you in a way that doesn't cost the life of anybody good.
0: I will call upon you (laughs) when I... Need you to act. I expect you to follow my call, Akiva. We have grown stronger. I can give you more power now. And the presence seems to leave, and you are able to break from your trance. As knowledge seems to come to you, and new spells form in your mind. Always fun. All right, so you all awaken the next morning. Having taken a long rest, what would you like to do? Spar.
1: Always <laughs> oh, with the sparring. Right there. <laughs> Wake up,
3: knock on Valen's door. I'm out in my room, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, Valen's law god. He's already practicing. And
3: <laughs> oh well, I've run outside. Let's practice. He sprints downstairs like a child at Christmas. <laughs> uh.
4: Valen's just sitting there with the strongest coffee imaginable. Just yeah, exercise. Right. Let's go. Okay.
1: So I am going to. Pray fervently to my deity with the assurance that these newfound abilities, or at least power, is coming directly from Adar and is indicative of his favor or return or something.
0: Okay. Roll a religion check for me. 17. While there's no press like the night before, you feel confident that this is from Adar. This is continued blessings from him. Whatever has happened to him, it seems like- He might have left you with this.
1: But it doesn't feel like communication. I just feel reassured. Yes. Okay. So I don't feel like Adar has responded directly.
0: There's no feeling of guidance this time like there was last. Okay.
1: In that case, I will, I guess, kind of continue my contemplation, ponder what has transpired, what I should do next, and then head downstairs for breakfast. Assuming that everyone else is downstairs sparring. Yes.
0: Actually, Akiva, what would you be doing? Because I know you would want to keep watch for the last four hours, unlike what you normally would be doing. So I'm assuming either you're awake or you decide to go back to bed for some reason.
2: Nah, I'd be awake. (laughs) Okay. Because of that super fun chat. So
0: everyone is awake. On the table, you see some soft cheeses, some breads, what looks like a hash kind of all set out on the table. Captain Gavin is at the table with one of the red men.
1: Okay, well, Akiva and I can join him for breakfast, and I guess we'll just sort of shoot the breeze about, Crazy about those undead, huh? Man, you guys were awesome. Good job. Whatever it is people say. They both look utterly exhausted. Yeah, I I will be keeping an eye on Akiva to make sure he doesn't start oversharing something.
2: (laughs) No, but I'll kind of give you a look like, oh, I have stuff to tell you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, well, I'm sure Valen and Scrib will be joining us shortly after their morning routine, but it's nice to have some new company for breakfast. Thank you, Captain, for joining us.
0: Uh, thank you for all of your help last night.
1: Oh, sorry, Tody, is Zolas with us?
0: Zolas is asleep last you checked on. Him. So he would have slept in later, but he would eventually wake up and come downstairs.
1: Okay, okay, gotcha. Just want to make sure we didn't like forget about him and he's gone. No, 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 <laughs> no. Alright, so we so can we just sort of chit chat with them and then I, I think okay. they were plagued to leave. They were on the road.
0: Yeah, so by the time about Scriv and Valen come in and Zolas is downstairs, the rest of the red men kinda just grab some food really quickly and they start to gear up and Head up to their rooms, and it, you know it won't be long before they're heading out.
1: Okay, so we're all at so breakfast?
0: There's five of you seated at breakfast, having some food. Muriel had just refilled some of your drinks, and after looking at the table, seeing there was plenty of food right now, she says, Well, um, let me know if there's anything else, and walks out.
1: Thank you. So how is everyone? Good.
2: Eh. And <laughs> another fun conversation with the ambiguously evil guy.
0: I thought you were calling him Umbra.
4: Yeah, I don't feel like calling him Umbra right now. I don't know, I mm. think it gives your entire situation a bit of gravity, dignity,
2: even. What happened? Here, instead of me trying to regale <laughs> you with this, do you mind if I just share it with you?
1: Sure, I'll do my- Telephone! <laughs> I'll do my mind meld so I can view the memory of the conversation, totally. give her the memory of the conversation. Totally the of the conversation. <laughs> just <laughs> as, as it is.
3: Everyone's really adapting to the fact that you can do that really it's well. super useful. <laughs> I think if we could just agree on a hand signal to open a line of communication. So, like, what if we tug on our right ear? That's particularly obvious. obvious. We could, like, tap on a table three times with, like, two fingers or something. Can I use my expertise in Thieves' Cant to come up with a subtle hand gesture that we can all use?
0: Yeah, since you are proficient in Thieves' Cant, you can easily come up with something that the party would recognize. All right. So, Belinda, you don't see anything, but you hear everything that Akiva heard.
1: Okay. So, I'll say appears that Umbra is intending to extract some sort of act of service from Akiva at some point in the future, and he anticipates obedience, and in return, he is pointing out the success of their mutual endeavor to achieve power.
2: I just wanted to give him a cupcake or
0: something. Evidently, that doesn't fly.
1: I don't think that's the sort of thing he would feed on.
0: Belinda, it's particularly creepy, the memory, as it feels like, in the memory, he is right by your ear.
1: Again? <laughs> okay.
0: I mean, you, you don't see anything, it just feels... And Akiva, you felt the same sensation, like he was right behind you, but Belinda, it feels like he is right by your like
1: ear. Like whispering directly into my ear? Yeah. So I will share that with the group and, and say, I honestly don't know what we can do right now. I guess it seems like, Akiva, that your power comes with a price, and we just yeah. don't know what that is yet. It's okay.
2: It's something
4: I brought on, and I'm sorry to everyone. Well, I would say that you'll have help when that time comes, but I'm not at all unconvinced that Umbra doesn't plan on you having help, and now I feel a little bit like we're all kind of caught in it. Still, it's fine. It's kept you alive, and you've helped keep us alive. Besides, anyone that wants you to go out and murder a bunch of undead isn't entirely terrible.
1: Yeah, that's honestly not the worst thing. And by the way, Akiva, how are you doing- you too, Zolus. I know you both suffered rather significant injuries yesterday.
2: Actually, can
0: I look at the wound? <laughs> so there's, you know, a minor mark from where the wound was. You got some healing and some rest, but the veins around it are blackened against your pale skin.
2: I mean, it looks it looks terrible. I'll, I'll be <laughs> honest. It looks pretty
1: bad. Oh, are you? Do you feel okay?
2: No, it's fine. I, I don't feel bad. It's just like I think it, this is gonna be like a lasting, and I, I guess I will show them the black veins.
4: It's around his ribs. <laughs> okay.
3: Nope. <laughs> Take the shirt off.
1: Okay. Thank you. This is so what I asked for.
4: <laughs> More apologies, specifically to you, unless I do believe I burned you a little in the fighting.
0: I'm I'm alive, and that's honestly not what I expected last night.
1: So you seem so confident that your death was ordained.
0: I mean, you saw what I did.
1: Yeah, it's true. It did not seem totally clear what was going to happen, but it does seem like this amulet is crucial to whatever is coming next.
0: My impression is this amulet is the key for them to bring Tenebris into the plane or to kill him.
1: I'm more of a fan of the second option rather than the former But honestly, we're not really equipped for dealing with this sort of thing. We're just here to escort you. I mean, I know we could all do different things. Valen showed yesterday a myriad of abilities.
4: Yeah, apologies for not warning you. There was a lot going on at once. And I tried to keep it off of everyone, but...
1: Until I understand, I haven't been totally forthright about what I can do either. So, we've been learning as we go.
4: Blank stare.
1: Alright, I know we have a lot to talk about, and we talked some last night, but... I think we're at this point where I don't want to say we have to trust each other because that is not something I believe in. But I think there is a benefit to sharing what we can do across the group. <laughs> so we are better prepared in case that happens again.
0: Quick question. Who has the assassin's dagger?
4: Oh, the dagger? I, I, I grabbed. Yeah, yeah I, Vay- I Vay- has the it. weapons okay. back. But-
0: okay, okay.
1: So I know, Valen. I told you last night that I can help hide this amulet. My abilities are unusual and honestly work best when people are not aware of them. So I figure at this point it makes sense to explain some of what I can do. You know, I can heal a bit. We all shared the telepathy now at this point. But I also can view and sort of control auras. I assume Vaila, that's something you're sort of familiar with. Oh. And I can use that power to obscure the presence of the amulet. In addition, I think you probably picked up on the fact that I have some ability to do psychic damage.
4: Brain things. <laughs> yeah, I definitely noticed you causing a nosebleed, and I assume you were...
1: Doing something?
4: <laughs> yes.
1: So, my abilities are especially good at allowing me to read people, not with the sort of ability Scriv has, that where he's good at studying body language and observing detail, but more at getting inside someone's head to determine who they are and what they can do. So I know I have made some pronouncements about people before, perhaps with By last night, and that's not just based on a feeling or intuition, but on a specific ability I have to read someone's vitality, and hers was beyond anything I would ever imagine for an elderly woman.
3: She's just well-traveled, and I didn't detect any sort of animosity or any overt feeling of dread or being hunted when speaking with her yesterday
1: i'm not saying she's hostile i'm saying she's not an old human woman it's simply impossible
3: that i'll believe she's definitely not human but not disagreeable
4: so just a moment then belinda auras you said i'm gonna reach into my bag pull out the bad dagger is this anything other than a poison dagger
1: can you tell that So, Tony.
3: You can
0: make an arcana check.
1: Can I help her with that?
3: So how are you helping her? I have a book regarding different types of weaponry, so maybe I can point out the differences in how this weapon is forged, and that can have an effect on the shape that the magic took when it was being created and infused. Okay. Scriv, you have the book out, and what's the total?
1: 16.
0: With Scriv pointing out some of the arcane runes that are on the dagger, you have heard of this type of weapon. It is a favorite of assassins. It is a dagger of wounding.
1: Okay. I will explain that it is a dagger of wounding. Does anyone have interest in having a dagger at their disposal? Because apparently I will be using this other dagger that Zola's provided or holding onto it since I can uh, attune to it. Scriv, you want it as a Something to have in your back pocket?
3: Yeah. I haven't had a boot knife in a while, so. All right.
1: Anyways, I just want to be a little more upfront about what I can do, but at the same time, I would strongly recommend we not share that with people we meet beyond this table, just as I would not speak of what you can do, Valen or you, Akiba. Is that something you would agree to?
2: Yeah, I mean, I figured if there was a reason you weren't telling us about your abilities, you had a reason for it, so that's understandable that we shouldn't share it with anybody else.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So anyways, I guess going forward, that is what I have to provide in and out of combat. It's why I'm good at solving problems when it comes to people. And that is why I say things that seem forceful and intense. And I say with a great degree of certainty without any evidence. It is hard to articulate. But more importantly, Valen, I did point out to you that I saw something outside the window last night when you were sensing the presence of a fiend, which we now know what that was.
4: Quite a good spot on that.
1: I reached out to Adar for guidance, feeling like something horrible was about to happen, and I was directed as if by some sort of direct divine message from Adar to look out that window.
2: What? What?
1: I haven't experienced this since since that day. I've had no contact, and then it was just in this one moment, just that simple message. I can't explain it. Beyond, he's obviously still out there. That's odd. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it means. I tried to pray this morning and I did not get anything clear or definitive, sort of a general feeling of comfort, but that's not unusual just from contemplation. I didn't get a direct line of communication like that and it must mean something, but I don't know what beyond he's not gone and I hope that means your deity isn't either, Valen.
3: Have you tried checking with the clerics in the temple next door? See if maybe they had a similar feeling or
4: communication? I think
1: that is a good idea. I figured maybe we could all go together, but I wanted to mention it to you here first, Valen. I know this is something that impacts you as well.
4: Yeah, it would take a few things off the table. The gods abandoning the plane seems unlikely if they're still reaching out to their followers at all. The gods being killed in some sort of cataclysmic event, now less likely though it increases the likelihood of the chance that all of them are simply distracted with something, which, unfortunately for me, still does not bode well for and I. who... Well, while this is coming from outside of everything we know, there are really only two, three failure points for existence, and she's at the nexus of one of them, so...
1: There really isn't a good answer, but a bad answer is better than nothing.
4: An answer's an answer, and anything that gets us closer to one, I'll gladly embrace. Thank you.
1: Zolas, did you have any sort of contact with Vumera? Especially with the traumatic event you went through?
0: No, no, I I didn't. I'm sorry. It's alright. I'm just glad to still be among the living for now.
1: Not for a lot of trying, by the way.
0: Uh, That's for sure. He kind of like stretches and you see like a slight pained expression as he does and rubs his side where he had gotten stabbed. (laughs) Still stings a little, but he turns to Valen. I appreciate that quick healing from last night, and turns to you,
4: Belinda, and you as well. Yeah, anything to keep you in the land of the living, that is the job.
1: Counter-argument also, as much as we want to save you, we really don't like betrayal.
4: Yeah, it wasn't cool. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Something was wrong, and it has been bothering me, because there was not that much blood loss on the fiend. I was hitting it, not puncturing him, and he kept flying. And now you're telling me that you can hurt things, but did you get him for me?
1: I might have- help to, you know, just finish him off just a, a little bit. I can bit. tell
4: that you're uncomfortable with hugs and touching in general. Just know that I want to hug you. Oh. <laughs> and I'm
1: going to not. That is the greatest gesture of friendship I have ever experienced. Thank you. <laughs> but honestly, it's not something I use readily or often just when it gets the job done. And there just was no scenario which him escaping was going to end well for us.
4: No. Now, granted, I'm a little bit concerned about the interest that the other deathlocks took in us, specifically me.
1: You were very attention-getting as well. Well, hey. Which I appreciate.
4: There is a reason that I put a very public face forward and then travel elsewise, so the hair will go up, I will put my hood on, I'll sleep most of the day away, and hopefully by the time they regroup and start looking for us all, we'll be an orinthol.
1: I hope so. I know, Scriv, you did some work to uh, kind of help Zolas appear a bit less like himself. Perhaps you could use your keen eye to help all of us resemble ourselves a bit less when we get on the road.
0: So, Scriv, what does Zolas look like now? He
3: looks like a Scrivner. I took his fancy leather jacket, made him put it away, gave him some simpler traveling clothes, uh, made sure that there was ink on the edges of uh, his sleeves and his fingertips, gave him a couple scrolls to carry under his arm, and kind of stick a couple out of his backpack and gave him a pair of stage glasses. I let him keep the hat. I mean, it's a
0: nice hat. It's jaunty, we determined.
1: Well, can it still be jaunty? I don't know. Jaunty is his his standard look, right?
0: He's just a jaunty scriv.
3: I just I just tilt it at a separate angle than he normally keeps it.
1: Nice.
0: There you go. So instead of slightly tilted, it's actually like flat on his head. Is that what? Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good. Solid disguise.
3: <laughs> but, it, but 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 it's tilted still. And I probably put a couple of pens just in the brim.
0: Quills? Yes. Now, I know you don't have a disguise kit, but since he looks like a Scrivener, we can say that you're just sharing some of your stuff with him. So go ahead and just roll a disguise kit check
3: for me. 18. Okay. That does also bring up a good point. Tony, I'm going to pull out a scroll case with some documentation. So we are rapidly approaching the Vremmer expansion, which means we're going to be coming across guards and patrols who will want to know our purpose. While Belinda and I have documentation, and I look over Valen, and given your history of traveling in the area, you also have documentation, right? Of course. You, Akiva, do not. Yes. I slide over the papers. If you could just review these papers, I've written you up documentation that says that you are on a religious pilgrimage. This is a lot of stuff. Well, I needed to be thorough, and thankfully Belinda had a chance to look over it to make sure that it was legitimate. How much of this document do I understand? Roll an intelligence check. I would like to take the time to explain in easy-to-understand words and help him understand the documentation. Okay, roll
0: with an advantage.
3: Okay, 14.
0: Okay. This is a lot of very detailed wording and documentation, but you think you get the gist of
1: it. Okay, so this makes sense, I guess? There is one more thing, Scriv. I overlooked something? No, no, your work is immaculate and perfect, as always.
3: <laughs> no.
0: By the way, as far as all of you can tell, this i mean, this is all very official documentation for essentially that he is on a pilgrimage, but of course there is no official signature or seal on it.
3: You will also note that I did not leave any area to specify which god you worship. That is intentional. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, not everyone is going to welcome the idea of your
0: god- I'm sure there has to be worshippers of Nezalem somewhere in the world. Both Valen and Belinda know that there is a shrine to Nezalem in Orenthal.
3: Well, okay, look, I know that there was that one creepy guy at the edge of town that sold Nezalem, like, figurines (laughs) for travelers, but that was kind of a- Wait, wait,
2: wait, wait. You're sitting there telling me there is a worshipper of Nezalem in
3: your hometown? Worshipper might be a bit of a- Heavy-handed term. It was more along the lines of, if you die, you can be buried with this figurine, and you'll be promised that Nezlem will find your soul. Nezlem finds your soul anyways. Uh, I- look, I don't know. All I know is that he charges 50 silver for it, and it's a bit much. 50 silver? I know.
1: It's gone up over the past wait, few wait, years, Wait, wait,
2: wait,
3: wait, 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 Is he pawning off Nezlem's favor? You haven't been to Verapole. <laughs> there's, um, there's a market.
2: Okay, I'm gonna have to have a
1: chat with this guy. Akiva, think of it as more as small trinkets that people use to comfort themselves.
2: Yes, but Neslihan's guidance is free for everyone. Maybe we shouldn't go to Verapole.
1: It, it'll be. Oh, fine. we're
2: going to Verapole now.
1: Yes, we're going to Verapole. We are not taking any strong stances on anything. I don't think we are trying to go there for too late. <laughs>
0: Oh, Akiva Yes Remember about the whole Being careful who knows what you are
2: I'm just gonna have a talk with this one guy As a one follower of Nezalem to another
0: And if things turn aggressive
2: I will not turn aggressive I don't love violence I just am going to talk
0: to him Look I just appreciate you keeping me disguised And out of the way and out of harm's way If we can get to Orenthal the faster the better but I worry that that'll draw some unwanted attention to Akiva here.
1: I think that is more than fair. How about we'll discuss this further and decide what to do? But Akiva, I think you're going to find there's a lot of people who worship not just Nezalem, but other deities in ways and with items that are ridiculous and commercially driven rather than out of any sort of true faith.
2: Well, it doesn't make sense.
1: Akiva, I think you'll just find that... There will be offensive things in Verapol. I'm sorry. That's the only way to say it. I'm sorry, Skriv. It's true. What? <sighs> I mean, Verapol is a bit kitschy at times, yes. but it's a lovely place. It is largely a lovely place with mostly lovely people, and the rest are just a few outliers. So, Akiva, if there's this, there's the one guy who sells these Neslim figures. Just consider him. An outlier. And don't worry that he is indicative of some larger problem that you need to solve.
2: All
3: right, fine.
1: But regardless, Scriv, your documentation is perfect. I know it's just missing the signature and the seal.
3: It looks good. Nice. I just need for you to sign here, 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 initial here. (laughs) Do you have a family seal? No,
1: Akiva doesn't need to seal it. I I do.
0: Akiva would need some signatures for himself.
2: Yes, he'll
1: have to sign, right. So
2: you see Akiva... Just write his name. It's not a signature.
3: <laughs> it's just writing his name, which, <laughs>
1: like actually, caps, by the
0: way, is perfectly fine.
1: Yeah, uh,
3: it mm, my heart breaks a little bit <laughs> when I see this poor handwriting. <laughs> hey,
2: there's been no reason for a signature in the Shadowfell.
3: Nope. We
2: I you know I know how to read and write, but what's uh What do you do to relax? Do you just me? Do you just? Yes. I feed Lazarus and
3: have fun. Have you considered taking up calligraphy? Speaking of which,
0: real quick, is Lazarus out? Yes. Okay, so Lazarus is on your shoulders.
1: After Akiva has signed it in large block letters, I assume, like in it's all not caps, bad handwriting. <laughs> no, no, no. A- I, I assume, I assume it's very neat and just says like Akiva, like written out, like in print, right? Yeah. Well, so I will point out. So, Scrib, I know it still needs an official signature and an official seal, and I can do that.
3: Are you willing to put your reputation on the line for Akiva? You see an eyebrow raised from Zolas,
0: by the way.
1: After yesterday, yes. Aww. Okay, then.
4: I'm sorry, you have the authority just by your name?
1: Yes, so it hasn't really come up yet. Being a follower of Adar is rather a recent activity for me. And I'll say this as I'm signing it, and I will- I have my seal in my you bag. Do. So I will go about this in a rather business-like fashion as I'm talking.
0: To the rest of you, it looks like Belinda is doing this without a second thought and as if she's done it many times before.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Before I converted to being a follower of Adar and really dedicated my life to that, I spent many years working for the government in Orenthal. Nothing exciting, honestly. I did not have a position of power. I did not have minions at my bidding. I worked on the Doomsday Book.
2: Well, that's oh. a lovely name. Ah, uh. What's the Doomsday Book?
0: Zola's just kind of nods.
1: So Akiva, the Doomsday Book is sort of... I say that, not that anyone would ever call that where I worked, but that's what people have called our census data... After the cataclysm, things, you know, were in chaos and we're finally after a hundred years returning to structure and the government needed to know how to tax people.
2: Right. Political stuff. Money, Akiva.
1: Yes, that. Governments run on money and they need to know how many people they have, what those people own, so they know how much money to take from them. That's the short version. I don't try to share what I do because people don't generally like being told that you're the person that helped count them so that their money could be taken by the government.
4: Nobody likes the revenuers.
1: Hey, 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 I didn't work in the revenue department. I simply worked in documentation and some in statistics. But close enough to catch the smell. Why do you think I don't share this? Oh, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. It was a job. It made sense at the time. I'm good with information. I like working on documents, and I did that for years, and... Still have some authority to sign some documents. I still have my seals, so... If I could have
4: outsourced my time in the Order of Charis to you. serious, I got so tired of writing. I spent a year and a half not touching a quill.
1: I mean, I have spent a lot of time writing, a lot of time reading. I have a pretty good knowledge of the Empire and its people in significant detail. Not as individuals, but as numbers and populations, it's fascinating i'm sure this is why i don't talk about it but it comes in handy sometimes not everybody has a government seal they can use
4: this is far easier than just sweet talking my way through the border as i was going to do
1: Not that i doubt that you could have done that but this is a lot faster so i know i didn't say i could do this before partly because i can't make the paperwork nearly as beautiful and official as Scrib can thank you yeah it's flawless it's undeniable but akiva i also didn't want to put my seal on this document until I felt I could trust you. Well,
0: I'm happy you trust me now. You here on Akiva Shores. <laughs> Towards <Aww>. you, Belinda.
1: <laughs> I assume that is friendly.
2: Yes. He says thank you as well.
1: So, anyways, I'm sorry. I know this is a lot of information all at once. Not very interesting information, but useful. So, the question is what do we do? I know we plan to go to Veripol because. That is where we have a connection who can help us. That is where Scriv is from. That is where Akiva is apparently going to pick a fight with a vendor. And then it's not too far out of our way before we get to Orenthal, because Zolas, it seems like going to Orenthal is still absolutely crucial.
0: I still think that's the most important place to get that item to.
1: But are we overlooking something? We now know that our messenger from another plane was a fraud and an assassin.
4: We don't actually know anything about the quality of his information. True. If you made documentation for Doc, we can burn it now!
3: (laughs) I, uh, already did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Scriv, I'm sure it was immaculate and perfection. It's
3: okay. It was good practice. I miss doing paperwork.
0: Zolus is looking between you two, just like,
3: seriously? Paperwork? I miss writing letters for people. I miss sitting down and listening to people tell me about their loved ones and the sort of messages they want to send. It was fulfilling.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. And also, I-, I know everyone has their appreciation of what is art to them. For some of us, it's something a little different. Something real that reflects people's lives. So do you still think we should go to Verapol, Scriv?
3: Yeah, I think if anything, having Paladin Whitecliff look over the relic will be important. Scriv's
1: dad! Well, and Akiva, you know, Scriv has a mother as well. <laughs> yeah,
3: but he doesn't talk about her that much, so I can't go, Scriv's mom! Well, I don't know if she's going to be around. Oh, but I want to meet your mom. She might be off investigating another ruin.
1: Off on a dig. Yeah. Yeah, I would not be surprised. That tends to be her way.
3: Yeah. And again, this is all assuming that Paladin Whitecliff is still going to be in Verapole when we arrive. It's entirely possible that he's off doing official business.
1: Could be. So, Valen, Kiva, Zolas. It sounds like you're all in agreement. We'll go to Verapole on our way to Orinthol.
3: Yeah, I'm
0: alright with that. The only one that knew anything about that from Tenebra's forces was Doc, and he's dead, so.
3: I'll admit I did let down my guard a bit after he gave some advice on proper fighting styles. That was my bad. I mean, we all did. I didn't think he was evil.
1: Yeah, he was remarkably calm. Not at all anxious or keyed up, but I suppose he knew exactly what he was doing. Granted, it backfired horribly for him, but his plan overall was very effective up until the last step.
4: The fact that he worked it out so that we found him in a position of such weakness was brilliant, because there's just about no other situation that I can think of where I wouldn't see someone that looked like him, and not immediately try to determine if they were a fiend.
1: Yeah, he played right into, I think, the desire in all of us for heroics. hmm It was clever. Didn't work out in the long term, but you know.
4: Because now
1: he's dead. This is true, Akima. <laughs> <laughs> so... I guess we leave town. I think we still have to stop in Asprin Brook for rations and a night's rest, probably, before we make it all the way to Veripol
2: Yeah, want to head out starting starting today?
1: I think so. Yeah. I think, as well as things really did turn out in the end last night, probably the people here will not be sad to see our backs as we go.
3: Yeah, so I think we're all ready to go. Are you going to stop by the temple next door and ask about them getting a signal from their goddess? If you want
0: to summarize that. Yes, You go over and talk to Burnim, and uh, she tells you that no, she didn't She didn't feel anything last night.
1: Okay. I guess we wish her well. She
0: thanks all of you again, and specifically thanks you, Scriv, Aww. for getting them out of there to the safety of the inn. Smile. Nod. They do offer you some of the food that they have from their garden, since they know you're leaving today, if you wish to take it.
3: I would rather, if maybe one of the acolytes, carve a symbol of their god onto my boat just as a token for me to remember them She by.
0: chooses to do it herself, and after a moment, you have on your bow a symbol of a
3: large oak tree.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So, Scriv, uh, did, did you uh, say farewell to Bai?
3: Not particularly. I was just going to assume that if I knocked on that door to invite her to breakfast, she's already she's gone. She's not there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I figured.
0: So, we'll say you did go to check up on her in the morning and she wasn't there. Yeah. So, you guys gathered all your stuff and begin to head out of Faravell. And it is still raining, but after uh, a couple hours, the rain does eventually let up. And the rest of the day is uneventful. So, it is four days till you guys reach the checkpoint that signifies the edge of the Remmer expansion. The edge of the Remmer Empire. Mask is on, by the way.
2: <laughs> Definitely on.
0: And Lazarus away.
2: Uh,
1: yes. <laughs> All of the precautions have been so. taken.
4: Oh, I'm definitely a bit out. I'm going to change. going to comb my hair.
1: Yeah, I will spruce up my
4: cloak. And I'm going to put my mask on. We are clearly a pair of traveling performers. Yes.
0: <laughs> you see a couple of people kind of traveling through this checkpoint. The guards are pulling over anybody who has any sort of cart and just taking like a general look inside before allowing them through. Ones that are going east the opposite direction of you guys you see them have a lot less interest overall they still check over everything but it definitely seems like they're not paying as much care in looking through
1: yeah if everyone would be comfortable i'm happy to to hand over our our papers all together and do the talking this is you please i'll be happy to do that the less said the better (laughs) we should be through quickly
0: Zolus hands you his paperwork
1: Okay. I've got everybody's paperwork and I will stand to the front as we wait in the queue.
0: Okay. Doesn't take you long. There's about a dozen guards overall just spread out around this area. You see some off in the distance on horseback, just kind of patrolling. And eventually three different soldiers kind of start to approach you. Two are human. One is a tiefling. And she just gestures the five of you up and holds a hand out.
1: All right. Hand over the sheaf of papers. And
0: what brings you into the Vremmer Empire?
1: I'm returning home to Orenthal. And
0: your companions.
1: We're all traveling together.
4: I will just as a polite gesture, pull my mask off. Also covering for the fact that maybe totally underneath Akiva's, he's totally, he's fine too. He's fine too. Okay.
0: She starts to look over the paperwork. And what are you bringing with you?
4: I'll run through the list of remaining food rations, because that's the bulk of what we've got.
1: The only other items we have are... You know, some small weapons for protecting ourselves on the road and just the necessities for daily life. Very good.
0: And she's just flipping through a little bit. Would you mind if my two compatriots make sure that there's nothing untoward on your cart?
1: Not at all. I know it's a little unusual, but feel free to check it out. I'll sort of look at Valen like... It's not a big cart
4: and we have nothing to
0: hide. They're just looking around and you see them tapping the wood a little bit.
4: It's actually a little suspicious because we have so little on it.
1: Yeah. If they plant drugs on our cart, I'm going to be so upset. So,
0: Belinda, you would know, the main thing is like, there's not a lot on your cart, but you have a cart and you're saying yeah. you just have some food coming through.
1: Yeah. To be fair, yeah. There's
4: definitely still the containers that our food would have been in. Yes. Right. So there was.
1: There was food. Yeah. I will be watching them very carefully as they go over our cart. Roll Perception. That's a 24.
0: You see, they're definitely looking for like to see if your cart has like a hidden compartment or anything. But beyond that, you don't see them like planting anything (laughs) or uh, trying to mess with any of the stuff that you have. They just seem to literally just be inspecting everything. Okay. And this one. And she points uh, to one of the papers, Akiva's papers. Yes. He is not a member of the Empire. He is seeking a pilgrimage.
1: Yes, yes, he's been traveling on a pilgrimage, and we are on our way to Orenthal. He's hoping to go to visit the shrine there. Which
0: shrine? And she's just start flipping through it.
1: I believe the god of travel.
0: Persuasion.
4: How many stamps of renewal does my paperwork have? A lot. I would have come in for the same reason initially, wouldn't I? <laughs>
0: yeah. Your initial reasoning? Yeah, but then you traveled with the Red Men, so you would have gotten additional
1: That's true, that's true. Stuff for I that. Reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my persuasion is uh, 14. Okay.
0: Okay, God of Travel. Very well. And you see her pause for a minute as she's looking at your seal. And what do you do for the Empire?
1: Well, I've been working at the temple for Adar for some time, but, you know, things have been difficult recently. Primarily research.
0: It takes a few moments. Well, all of this seems to be in order then. And she looks to her two people and they just nod. Very well. Welcome to the Vermer Empire. Welcome back home.
1: Thank you, Captain. And I will retrieve our papers.
0: She hands them back to you, and she steps aside so the rest of you can pass along the road. Okay. Man, it was really hard to hold my breath for
1: that long. <laughs> it. <Akiba>, you didn't <laughs> need to hold your breath.
0: <laughs> oh. Well,
2: did it anyways. <laughs>
1: Nice. <laughs> well, I will return everyone's papers to them. It looks like uh, that was going to be the hard part, and preparation was key. Cool. Well done, Scriv.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Scriv. You're welcome. So, you guys, continue onward. You know it's about a half day's travel from here to Aspenbrook. Night is beginning to fall as you arrive into town.
1: I'm about to say, we're familiar with Aspenbrook. I would say I think it would be prudent probably to get a good night's rest.
4: Yeah, and we can just leave early. I'm in favor of going. We could still get a full night's rest when we get to Veripol.
1: That's true as well. What do you think, Scriv?
3: We're not in any particular rush. I don't see any harm in staying in Aspenbrook for
4: We're absolutely evening. in a particular rush. We've been in a rush the entire time. But pulling through
3: the night, in the dark, where we can be ambushed, sort of rush? You will have
0: to leave the main road to get to Verapol from where you're at.
4: We are in the Empire, and this is safer than we've been in days. I can produce us some light, and... Frankly, yes. Half a day gained tonight can spiral out to an extra day, two days even, in terms of travel. Pushing now, will pay dividends on the back end.
3: Well, if we do make it by midnight, then that means we don't need to deal with the chaos that's around
4: Verapol. Exactly. We'll be coming in at night. We'll avoid all of the people going in and out of town. Ideally, we'll have an easy time finding a place to sleep, and we'll have a full day in Verapol tomorrow. We can get our business done, rest, leave the next day as opposed to getting in halfway through the day and probably ending up needing to stay an extra day.
1: Well, I guess the question is, what are we hoping to achieve in Verapol? If it's really just a conversation with Paladin Wycliffe, perhaps some information and some communication and some food, then how much time do we need there regardless? I'll defer to Scriv on this one. as his town.
3: He's an expert in all sorts of religious reliquary, and he might be able to point us in the direction of somebody who... We can trust in Orenthal. Not that there is anything wrong with the person we're trying to put Zolas in contact with, but I'd like to have someone to fall back on. We've already had plenty complications as is, and I trust his judgment.
4: He knows
1: a bit about fiends.
4: My final argument against is simply that Aspenbrook is the most obvious place to find us if another attack was going to
0: happen. You would be pushing yourself so it would require a forced
4: march. I'm so to you're do aware. It. I can save each of you at least one by cycling you
1: onto the cart. Well, if that's what you want to do, Scrooge, I'm willing to do it. I'm okay with whatever.
4: All right.
0: That's fine by me. I mean, I've been sleeping better normally than I was on the ship, so.
2: Yeah, now that you're not worried about your death. (laughs)
0: Honestly, Akiva, you're still around. I'm still slightly worried about my death. Hey! There's a slight smirk on his face.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, onward it is then. I can get
4: all of you on this cart might be a bit tight so frankly let's say three of you at a time but i would like to help
3: on pulling the cart it'll be good training and i know that i can work well with valen so
0: you guys are going to use another day's worth of rations by the way based off of this trip so let's see scriv is helping pull the cart so i need akiva belinda and then i will have zola's roll two constitution saving throws akiva what's your first roll a 21 belinda Six. Akiva, you're doing all right. The bumpy road's not getting to you so much. Occasionally, in order to relieve Vaylin and Scriv, you do walk a bit, but you're doing fine. Belinda, you take a point of exhaustion as you're just unable to really, like, recover. Your muscles are tired and tense. You notice Zolus also is not doing great. And then, can I get the second roll from... First you, Akiva? 19. And Belinda?
1: Natural 20, so 20. You're
0: doing all right on the second leg of this journey. You still have that one point of exhaustion, but... It's not getting any worse. Zolas seems to be in a similar boat to you, Belinda. For Scriv and Valen, I need both of you to make four constitution saving throws. First one, Valen. Scriv? 12. Valen, Scriv, that first hour, you guys are pushing through. It's a little rough going because you're not on a solid road, but you're getting through it pretty well so far. Second rolls.
3: Eight. 17
0: Valen, you are still pressing on. You're feeling like the burn in your legs, but you're used to walking this distance. This is a normal feeling for you. Scriv, the cart's getting heavier. It's getting tougher to push along and you're starting to feel it a lot more. You take a point of exhaustion. The 3rd hour.
3: 18,
4: 19.
0: All right, Scriv, you feel like you found your second wind and are able to keep pushing through. Valen, you're just chugging along. You've got this. Really well. For the fourth and final Hour as you guys are coming around the cleft that marks the edges of your hometown scriv. What is the final roll? Thirteen. And Valen? Fifteen. Valen, you are able to press on and you are okay. Scriv that burning, it that intense tiredness in your legs, you start to slow down. You have two points of exhaustion.
4: Scriv, get in the cart. I can do it. I can just- No, no. We're almost I don't there. want you hurting your legs before what could be a big day. Okay. I can shoulder the rest of this. Thank you. Seriously. Yeah.
1: Thank you, guys. Thank
4: you. So, you
0: guys round the corner, and Scriv, you see- Home. Would you like to describe it?
3: There's just this large cliff that frames this path that leads down into a darker cavern- We can feel the breeze that's coming from underground, just the smell of dust and dirt. Littering the entryway down into the cavern are a bunch of smaller carts, tents, little ramshackle homes of traders that sell all those goods that we were telling Akiva about before. There are a couple of lights, you know, just the small exchanges that occur later in the evening couple of raucous games of cards and dice and drinking. It's like a permanent camp of followers that you would expect for a larger caravan or military movement. But then we manage to slide the cart onto the path and it gets a little bit easier to pull because it's going down into the cavern. It's a bit of a tight fit. There are the roughly hewn stone walls on each side and you can kind of feel the limestone there. smells a little bit sulfurous, but That passes in time from the breeze, and after a little bit of that, we come into the larger cavern. Just a lot of stone stalactites hanging from the ceiling, dripping cool water. You see that interspersed in all that are these large stone dwarven columns that are supporting the ceiling, reaching up. And down another path that is hewn from the stone is Verapol, this weird ramshackle mixture of old dwarven buildings and modern Vremmer type architecture
0: in its home so you guys proceed inward i'm assuming you're heading home scriv
3: As much as I'd like, we should probably stop by the center building. And I pointed out there's this large stone tower. It's half dwarven, like maybe some sort of watchtower that collapsed and we've been building it up. That's the city hall. Chances are there's still a guard that's posted there that we can check in, make sure that everything is okay, and uh, figure out what's going on with an inn, where we can stay, where we can leave the cart.
2: We're just going to stay at your
3: house.
1: We are arriving rather late.
3: (laughs) I don't think that would be a good idea. Yeah, she's right. It's a bit late. I can wait one more day before I go home.
0: Okay. So Scriv, you know in town that there are two inns. One that is more of a tourist trap type inn that's (laughs) definitely on the expensive side. It's called the Weaver. The other is
3: the Modest Dwarf.
1: Hold on. Is Modest describing the economical value of it or is it the Modest Dwarf Inn?
3: Well, no, that one's run by an elf, and the way that she tells it, it was named after this one guest that she took care of that was rather modest as a bard, and, uh, well, she kind of liked the way he played music, and he would visit once a year, and after a while, she just decided to name the inn after him. Very good service, but it is a bit pricey, especially for what we're looking for. Also, I give a look over at Kiva; they do tend to be a bit nosy.
1: The good news is, Grif, we are in funds at the moment, so where would you recommend to be the most prudent place to stay?
3: Who
4: has the better baths?
3: That would, uh, I pointed out the one in the bath
4: district. I lift the cart and whoever's on it and I begin trudging.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The entire city is built on these old dwarven baths, but there is one particular inn that does have a unique access to them. The Ruby Arrow. It was built over some older ruins, and they managed to reconstruct parts of the Dwarven Baths, so it's nice. It's a two story stone walled building. It has a slate roof and a tiled mosaic floor. You know it's the Ruby Arrow because they actually have a uh, carved Dwarven mosaic on the outside, and they have some uh, tiles that are enchanted to glow red.
1: So I assume this place is a little on the pricier side, but. We have the money. It's been a yeah. long journey, Valen. I think you deserve a nice stay. He's already yeah. headed that direction. Oh yeah, we're this is as we go. <laughs>
4: yeah, I've made my decision clear.
3: <laughs> if I remember right, it's next to uh, Darn cousin Gary. He's a scholar. He does some dwarven historical studies. I'm just looking forward to the big beds. They have feather mattresses. Whoa, wait,
1: feather beds?
4: Yeah, I would sleep on hot gravel. More directions. Okay,
3: you're going to want to take a left here, all right? And then down... Okay, so you see that stone hearth over there? You're going to take a right, and then you just take that all the way down until you see the building with the animated scroll on the sign. I'm going to just lay my head down, okay?
0: Uh, I'm not feeling so good. So, you arrive at the Ruby Arrow. Walk in, see the tiled mosaic floor. You hear the, the babbling of some running water as you walk into... A very elegant entrance hall. Scriv, who runs this of the cousins?
3: Joanne Silverbloom. All right. They're the Silverbloom clan, so while they are cousins, they still share the same name. You see a halfling woman.
4: Two rooms, please.
0: Ah, two rooms. She's kind of rubbing her eyes a little bit.
4: Doubles, ideally. If they're not available, we'll need four, but we'd prefer doubles.
0: Yes, of course. Um, And she pulls out a small book and starts flipping through. Uh, yes, that'll be fine. And would you be taking part in our baths as well?
1: Yes, we would like whatever the complete package is. I'm sorry, we've had a very difficult journey.
0: She's just rubbing her eyes like, she looks pretty tired too. Um, yes, yes, um, I have, can I have some names, please, for the rooms? She takes a quill.
1: Belinda Walsingham, and uh, what is the payment required? If
0: you are using the baths for the two rooms, it is three gold per room.
4: Couch hits the table. Thank you very much. You can put the second room under Valen Blackwater. Thank you very much.
0: All right. I have you free to use the baths. Here are the keys that you will need for your rooms. And here, and she hands a key to each of you, are keys for the baths as well.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Which
0: direction are the baths? They will be, and she gestures to her right around. There will be some stairs around that hallway that will lead you down into the baths.
4: Thank you ever so much.
1: I assume they are open at all all times.
0: You may access them whenever you wish.
4: Perfect. Get the things to the rooms. I'm going to go fall face first and some water, any water, cold, <laughs> hot. I don't particularly care, just water.
0: You notice she's looking over to Scriv like she's trying to remember something.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead on my feet. I know feet. <laughs> it's mainly
0: because like you're like just half passed out that she's just kind of like trying to get a better look at you but she's just also trying not to be rude
1: uh, akiva let, let's get the thing please
0: and she turns over and rings a bell and you see two other halflings come out and come and start to collect your stuff so please we will take those to your rooms
1: bell service
2: i will kind of put an arm under scriv and just bring him to his room
3: <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh I feel like someone just, uh, I don't even have an analogy for this right now.
1: That's nah, okay. You did good. That's okay. You did good. We'll workshop the analogy in the morning.
0: You get a couple of pats on the back from Zola's. I've been there, kid. It's okay. Some good rest will, will do you good.
1: Uh feather
2: bed. So I'll plop, scrub down, and then <laughs> as I'll make sure he's good, and make sure Belinda's good, and
4: walk out and go check on Valen. <laughs> Is he passed out in the bath? Not quite passed out, but- close tension relief I'm just I'm loose
1: are the baths like hot springs Tony
0: yep they feel rejuvenating
4: I will join him then
1: I will also stop by reception and say I'm sorry we neglected to ask I assume there are some sort of refreshments provided of course the morning
0: we will bring them up to your rooms
1: that would be lovely thank you of
0: course please enjoy your stay
1: yeah Belinda will go to bed because she is exhausted yep. in a very literal sense. <laughs>
0: And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at RulesIsWritten, or check out our website, dndraw.com, and feel free to email any questions to me at dm at dndraw.com. Also, subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. And I hope to see you next time in the world of Ostia. And now, here's the promo for The Fate of Ison.
3: Hey nerd, do you like Dungeons and Dragons? Of course you do. Do you like people with New Zealand accents? Of course you do again. Well, what if we told you there was a podcast that did both of those things in equal measure? Guess what, here
2: Wake up bucko, it's called The Fate of Ison,
1: And it's your new favorite tabletop
3: role-playing podcast.
2: Except for the one you obviously already listening to. Which is awesome, by the
4: way. I'm Brad, the DM or Dungeon Master, and here's the Apple Squadeth, the heroes of our tale.
2: Hello, I'm 4 I'm a barbarian blood hunter. I'm oh, a blood, death, mutilation, mayhem, chaos, friendship, and a nice sharp cheddar. Played by Oliver Scripps.
3: Hi, I'm Jules, and I play Marley Kraft, a saxophone
1: playing half elf bard who is looking for her family while saving the world of Ison.
3: Hi, I'm a Trestlespoon. I'm a a rogue gnome. Uh, I like nice walks and cool evenings in the autumn uh, and spending time
4: killing things, which seems a bit out of character, but it is who I am.
3: I'm played
1: by a human. Uh, I'm played by Josh Kingsford.
4: Together, we roll dice, laugh a lot, and tell a surprisingly compelling tale about a plucky group of weirdos.
3: Hey, who are you calling a weirdo?
2: Who gets swept up in a quest to, quote-unquote, save the world of ice and...
3: There's action, excitement, and there's a lot of apples. Seriously, there's way too many apples. It got way out of proportion. Weird as my mother's top lip.
4: Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast action. The Fate of Ison. New episodes every Sunday. Get with it. See you there.
2: That'll do.